Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with me, Vincent DiCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer, and Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO. In this episode, you'll be hearing an interview with Roland and actor Kevin Sorbo. Kevin rose to international stardom as a title character in the hit TV show Hercules and has since acted in, directed, or produced dozens of films and television shows, notably God Is Not Dead. Kevin was one of the keynote speakers at Karenet's 2016 National Conference in September. Rollins sat down with Kevin to talk about his journey as a Christian in Hollywood, his history with the pro-life movement, and his passion for defending the unborn. Here are Roland and Kevin. Well, to get started, I mean, a lot of folks may not know a lot about you, so maybe we can just start a little bit about that. Sure. Where did you grow up? How did you... I grew up in a little town called Mound, Minnesota, okay. which is about uh, 25 miles west of Minneapolis. Okay. We're on the beautiful shores of Lake Minnetonka, Okay. which um, became famous for different reasons. Number one, we were home to Tonka Toys. Uh-huh. Uh, Minnetonka, Tonka Toys. Oh. Uh-huh. We're home to Prince. Yeah, well, that's why I Prince made it famous in Purple Rain. Yes. And he told Apollonia to be a true Minnesotan, to skinny dip in Lake Minnetonka. And exactly. And she got naked yeah. and jumped in a lake, but he says, that's not Minnetonka. But <laughs> we have over 10,000 lakes. But, gotcha, gotcha. But, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I grew up in, a, you know, I, I'm the fourth of five kids. My dad was a, uh, a seventh and eighth grade math and biology teacher. Okay. My mom was uh, a nurse, but ended up being a stay-at-home mom with five kids. Okay. And uh, just, I just, I was very lucky. I grew up in a very small little town, maybe about 8,000 people, but, mm-hmm. you know, great I was a jock, you know, played a lot of sports, and I, uh, my best friends to this day are still guys in back in that little hometown, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I just had a really good, I was very fortunate, a really good care net around me, whether it was my parents or the neighborhood or the teachers or the coaches I had, I was very fortunate to grow up in a very, uh, you know, just nurturing sort of environment. Mm-hmm. So when, when you were, you know, sort of a young guy growing up, I mean, were, were your aspirations to, to be an actor? I mean, what kind of brought you I into was, that? I was 11 years old. We had a field trip to the Guthrie Theater, which is a very famous theater in Minneapolis. A lot of people don't realize Minneapolis has more cap, uh, more theater per capita than Hollywood. I mean, than wow. than, uh, than Broadway does. Wow, big, okay. big, a oh, big theatrical market there. And so I saw uh, Shakespeare. And I saw The Merchant of Venice. Didn't know what the heck they were saying, mm-hmm. but I was mesmerized the whole way home. And I was very quiet. My mom was one of the chaperones. She goes, "What do you think?" And I said very quietly, "I, said, I think I want to be an actor." She wow! One of those pats in the leg. That's nice, dear. <laughs> so, but the dream was always there. But you know, being a jock and wanting to be an actor, we kind of make fun of the people in the drama classes. So I really didn't go after it till I got into college. Mm-hmm. I had a double major marketing and advertising, but I minored in drama. Gotcha. Yeah. So, what was the first production that you were in? Um, first thing I ever did. Well, I did a couple musicals. I did okay. Oklahoma and Carousel. And so you were a singer Rogers too. Well, I like to sing. I don't know. I mean, I can carry a tune. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, profess to be somebody's great at it, but. Um, uh, my first speaking role on a TV show was Dallas. Mm-hmm. Actually, wow! I had a couple lines with uh, with uh, Linda Gray. Okay, I remember her. Yeah, so it was uh, that was like I was very nervous on the set, and I was you know to meet Larry Hagman and all those guys. I grew up loving you know yeah. the, the um, Dream of Genie series that he Absolutely. was on. Absolutely, yeah, know, yeah. Uh-huh. And actually loving you know Bob Eden, but that was the <laughs> story. So yeah, so so you you started there, mm-hmm. then from Dallas. I mean, you know, a lot of times you hear stories of folks who've gotten into acting and, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, kind of this thing about, you know, I'm, I'm waiting and serving tables and pumping gas and stuff like that. You know, and then, you know, kind of get gigs on the side. I mean, yeah. did you have that experience? Or were I you was one of those lucky. I mean, I, I moved to Dallas, Texas first. I joined a theater group down there out of college. And that's where I got the bit part on, on Dallas down there. And I joined a theater company there. We did local productions and started doing a lot of commercial work. And okay. actually started doing a lot of commercial work in college because Minneapolis right. Headquarters did Pillsbury, General Mills, 3M, Best Buy, Target. I mean, they had a lot of commercial work there. So I got my oh, all-important wow. Screen Actors Guild card back in my college days. Okay. 
So when I got down to Dallas, I, um, I got sidetracked a little bit. I, I, I met a model. I fell in love with her. And uh, she said, well, come to Europe with me just for a little bit before I moved to L.A. So I was going to spend three months in Italy just seeing Europe. And three months turned into three and a half years. Hmm. So my, my L.A. dreams, my Hollywood dreams were sidetracked another three and a half years. But I worked very well over there. A lot of commercials in Paris and London and, you know, things like that. Then I moved to L.A. And the very first audition I ever got in L.A., I was there in L.A. three days. I booked it. Shot hmm. in Sydney, Australia. Wow, okay. So I went to Sydney to shoot this commercial for 10 days. Okay. And I looked at the client and I said, how long is my ticket good for? And they said, well, it's good for a year. So I called up my L.A. Client, agent. I said, you know, I'm going to stay down here for a while. And I went, what? You just moved to L.A. My car was like at, at one of the assistant agent's house. <laughs> okay. And I said, I'll pay for storage and stuff like that. I just, I, so I stayed down there for almost eight months. Mm-hmm. And did uh, I did three plays and shot seven commercials over that eight months while I was down there. So I didn't really move to L.A. until five years after college. I put everything on hold. When I got to L.A., I worked really well commercially. So a long way to get around it. I never had to do the bartending thing. Never wow. Never did the waiting thing. I never did any of that stuff. I worked very well in commercials. Gotcha. And that enabled me to make the money I needed to make to you know pay the rent and go to mm-hmm. acting classes mm-hmm. and go out on auditions without having to worry about some work hours. Well, that's fantastic. You were very, very fortunate. I was fortunate. Now, I imagine, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, folks know a lot about sort of the, the culture of Hollywood and huh. uh, at least what we oh, think yeah. is the culture of You're Hollywood right. and <laughs> <laughs> everything we believe. And, and certainly from a Christian perspective, you know, there can be some, some challenges. Sure. Uh, and, uh, and I imagine probably as, you know, as an actor as well in terms of the different roles that you would take or not take or, or even maybe the perspective that people would have about you, mm-hmm. uh, even in terms of offering you roles uh, because of, you know, your Christian belief. How have you sort of managed that process? I mean, what's your, what's your view about that? Well, I um you know I when I got Hercules I was seven years in New Zealand okay. and that show became huge became the okay. most watched show in the world oh I lived there for seven years yeah ah, we shot so ten we shot, we shot ten month seasons so that was gotcha. ten months a year that's home okay I see. and so I went straight from that show to Andromeda which is Gene Roddenberry's first show that he created after Star Trek that okay. shot in Vancouver British Columbia I see so I literally was out of America from 1993 to 2005 for nine to ten months out of every single year I see so I was out of the country so I wasn't really part of that Hollywood thing as my star system value was rising and then when Andromeda finished I did a pilot for ABC of a half-hour comedy that I created with my manager okay and um, even though it tested number one ABC didn't pick it up which was really heartbreaking to me because I love doing sitcoms I've done a lot of guest spots on Murder mm-hmm. She Wrote I mean Murder She Wrote which I have done that but that's yeah. not really a comedy yeah. um, <laughs> everybody yeah. dies in that little Unless town every week you know? so, yeah, no, yeah. but it was I did like Two and a Half Men I did uh, four show uh, arc on, on Dharma and Greg and Just Shoot Me and According to Jim and all these sitcoms so I was excited for the show, and it tested number one, and they didn't pick it up. It was one of the biggest disappointments ever in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was written by Barry Kemp. I created the, the idea, but Barry Kemp wrote it. And Barry Kemp, people know him from Head Writer and Taxi. He created Coach, nine years with Craig T. Nelson. He okay. created the, the New Heart Show. I mean, really good writer. Wow, wow. And that just devastated me. And then I, I know I started becoming a little more open about my being conservative, being a Christian in Hollywood. My wife said, it's going to hurt you. And I said, you know, I'm tired of the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I went from a guy that was working a lot to, you know, maybe that next season I got called in about eight times. The next season was like three, and then they stopped calling me in. But I was getting a lot of work in the independent market. I've mm-hmm. shot 50 movies in the last 11 years, including oh. God's Not Dead, which you mentioned. Right. So I'm staying busy. Of those 50, there's probably 15 I wish I wouldn't have done. Right. But, <laughs> you know, at the time, you think, well, this seems like a good movie. Then you go look at the final product, you go, wow, that was a real stinker. But, you know, that kind of goes that way for everybody, I think. But I, I, I've been very fortunate to keep busy in the independent market. Mm-hmm. But Hollywood itself, 
now it's they you know they they claim you know they're all screaming for tolerance they have no tolerance mm-hmm. freedom of speech but only if you agree with what they say right right so it has uh, it's hurt me but I, I honestly I don't care anymore and I call them on their hypocrisy trust me yeah 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 I you know one of our, our speakers yesterday was really talking about that you know being a Christian and and you know how um, increasingly there's going to be a cost to that you oh, know sure. that that uh, you know I think I think what it was um, Dr. Meg Meeker, and I think I think her words exactly were that you know Jesus sort of kind of ticks people off, you know that kind yeah. of a thing. This you know this the thought of someone who who will love you unconditionally and you know forgive you for your sins and you know promise you eternal life is problematic in so many different ways for some people. You know, so I, I know that that's an, an issue. I before coming to CareNet, you know, I worked in the corporate world uh, for some major corporations as well, and. You know, increasingly, even from folks that I know that still work in that environment and uh, work with that environment, then increasingly it, it's more more difficult. The view of the gospel is, is hostile. So, so tell me a little bit, just a little bit about your 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 faith journey, because mm-hmm. I imagine you know, you know, giving given the environment that you've been in and working in, I mean, there's amazing temptations, I'm sure, um, and certainly challenges like the ones sure, that you sure. talked about in terms of sharing your faith or being open about that in terms of the impact they can have on you economically and from a career perspective. You know, what was your, what's your journey on that? I, you know, I grew up in a very strict religious environment. My church was Lutheran, mm-hmm. and the pastor, I remember, was just very fire and brimstone kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a kid, I would say to my mom and dad, I said, I don't think God's that angry with us. <laughs> I really don't think he's... God is not dead, but he is angry. <laughs> you know, I was right. in the New Testament. He mellowed out. He had a kid. Just, you know, just mellowed him out completely. But um, I, I just, I, I didn't. I, the church I go to now is non-denominational in LA. Mm-hmm. I've been going there for a while. Love it. Love the pastor. Love the music. I mean, it's very inspirational. Um, you know, I, I'm certainly not perfect. I've, I've had my downfalls, but I've never, I've never faltered from my faith. I never really questioned. Why do I believe in God? Why do I believe in Jesus? That's, that's, that's always been there for me. But there was, a, there was certainly a turning point, if I want to call it that, when I, was, when I was 13, 14 years old, I went and saw Billy Graham mm-hmm. speak at a revival in St. Paul. And it was huge. It had to be like 200,000 people. It was mm-hmm. massive. And they always okay. call people up, whoever wants to talk. And I looked at a friend of mine and said, I'm not going to go up there. You know? mm-hmm. And it wasn't necessarily giving again, but I guess in a way it was a, a born-again moment in a way. Mm-hmm. So we both went up there. And we're talking to one of his assistants, and randomly he just came out there and talked to some people, and we were some of the people he talked to, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So I got to meet him when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that was, had a huge impact on me. But I remember the night vividly. It was a hot August night, and you know, the moon is up, and it was, people know Minnesota in the summer. It does get, like, right. down here, it can get hot and humid. Yeah, yeah. And, big uh, mosquitoes, too. From big mosquitoes. That's, like a, state, that's a state bird. Helicopters, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have two, two seasons, summer and construction, they call it. Road, constru- road construction. Gotcha. But, um, no, it, it was, you know, I've always kind of, my faith has always been there for me. And uh, I've, I've certainly railed against God at times, but I think we all kind of do that when things mm-hmm. go wrong in our lives. But uh, it's, you know, the reality, it's, it's not his fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Well, you know, it's interesting. You know, you know, just going back to God is God is not dead. Sure. I'm just curious, um, you know, how you got involved with that project, and uh, you, you were, the, I guess, the main nemesis in that. I was a professor Radisson. I wasn't a very nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, wasn't a nice. I was an atheist college professor. Yes, yeah. Shocking. There's college. I know. There's atheists in college, our campuses yeah, in America. It is shocking. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that's so rare on our it's campuses. It's so rare. It's so rare. It was a stretch, but you you guys um, went there. You went there anyway. Well, how did you get involved in that project? Well, 
five years earlier, mm -hmm. I uh, Dallas Jenkins, who's uh, Jerry Jenkins' son, wrote the Left Behind novels. Okay. And Dallas came to me with a, a, a script, and he said, look, I'm going to do this movie, and I just want you to read the script and see what you think of it. So I read it, and I said, well, who's playing Pastor Ben? And he said, I don't know yet. I said, well, why not me? He goes, oh, man, there's no money in this thing at all. Our budget is like nothing. I said, I don't care. This part is awesome. The script is incredible. So that's how it started, because mm -hmm. that was Pure Flix, the same company that did God's right. Not Dead did that movie. But Pure Flix is mistaken. I think What If's a better movie, and I'd rent that movie. Yeah, get yeah. it on Netflix. It's yeah. a better movie. It really mm -hmm. is. Yeah, I think we've but seen it, both of them. It comes down to promotion. It comes down to the P&A amount that you put in there. And they didn't do a really good job of promoting it. Uh, Pure Flix did a much of, better job of, of God's what, Not of Dead. promoting What If, you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. because of word of mouth, that it stayed in theaters for a little while. They didn't have that. They maybe 200 theaters, which is still good for an independent movie. Mm -hmm. um, so it stayed in theaters for like three or four weeks. But word of mouth, it sold over 500,000 DVDs. In today's world, people don't... I still like a DVD. Yeah. But people's, you know, it's all downloading. It's yeah. all whatever. On, yeah. You know, VOD and all that. So people mm -hmm. don't do that. So it started with that. Okay. And then um, I've done Abel's Field, which I think is a fantastic movie. It's like it's a modern day Cain and Abel meets Friday Night Lights. And mm -hmm. I've done a Return of the Prodigal Son type of movie. I, mm -hmm. I just finished directing and acting in one in Birmingham, Alabama called Let There Be Light. Okay. Unfortunately, it won't come out until a year from Thanksgiving because yeah. it's just we have too much visual effects that are going to be happening that we oh. there's no way we can, if we sat four months earlier we could have done it. I would love to get it out now, mm -hmm. but it's a movie that's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting because it's going to proselytize to the same people that ISIS is going after. Wow. So it's going to create some controversy. Wow. And my okay. mom said, she goes, Dude, you're going to, they're going to come after you. I said, Mom, they're coming after all of us. <laughs> they're, not, they're not going to go, well, we want, we're not, we want to kill him more. We want you Hercules. Know? We so, want Hercules. Good. But uh, it's, yeah. I, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful script written by Dan Gordon and my wife. Mm -hmm. And um, Dan Gordon was the head showrunner on uh, Michael Landon's series, Highway to Heaven. Okay. And he wrote... Uh, uh, White Earp with Kevin Costner with The Hurricane with Denzel Washington. He's a great, great writer. Wow, very yeah. fantastic. Those are some great We got great some, movies. And we got Dionne Warwick in the movie as well, and she's going to rename her Christmas album uh, Let There Be Light, the same thing after the movie. Oh, fantastic. And she so, came in, so it's so for, for the folks out in Hollywood, you know, like you that are Christians, I mean, some well-known, I mean, and, and even people that, you know, are seeking to go there in order to sort of engage in, in the creative process if you will mm -hmm. um you know what kind of advice do you have for people if someone's you know kind of like you in minnesota decides i want to go to hollywood and do my thing and i'm a christian too sure you know what what now what would you you say to them based on the environment you know i i think now? there's a fear factor there i think people are afraid to you know come out of that christian closet in a way even mm -hmm. the conservative closet because you can't have any you know ben affleck's on record saying i'll never hire a conservative ever on my movies you know and we're going wow there's being tolerant you know guys are screaming for it yet they're, they're shining their their example of the opposite of that um you know to me it's like just you got to go after you got to go go what you want to go after i'm an actor foremost I mean, I, I played everything from a serial killer to a pastor. I mean, if, some, if a part interests me, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. There are certain parts that I would definitely say no to right off the bat because I'm not comfortable in that world. Mm -hmm. But um, I tell people that want to come out there, I said, you you, you got to just, you, you got to promote yourself more than anything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I fired, I was with ICM. I was one of the biggest agents in, in business for a long time. I got rid of them about seven years ago because I started getting more work on my own. Hmm. I said, why should I give you 10% of everything that I'm doing when you had nothing to do with it? Right. You know, so to me, it's, it's a friend of mine said something that's all stuck with me. He said, remember, it's called show business, not show show. Hmm. So I feel like I'm using my marketing and advertising degree to market and advertise myself. Gotcha. And that's why I'm out there and I push myself. But I, I, 
I don't sit around very easily. I keep working. Now, do you have your own production company? I do. We're okay. Touchwood Production. Touchwood. So do you? Do you? So I assume you're looking for projects and people are coming to you. We're all. I get scripts all the time. Mm-hmm. I get scripts all the time. And, uh, and most of them are family friendly, faith based. They don't have to be necessarily faith based. Right. But I I do tend to go towards the family friendly type of movies. Mm-hmm. And and it's movies. Is it? Are you doing television stuff too? We sold or? a series. Surprisingly, with all with all the outs I've had with Hollywood, we actually sold. A, a faith-based TV show to NBC and Sony. Hmm. NBC hemmed and hawed over six months over this. They made us rewrite it multiple times. They love it, but there's a fear factor with them because it t- talks about God. Mm-hmm. And we pitched it as not touched by an angel, but punched by an angel. Hmm. Because it's, it's, uh, I, I am a ranger in the military, and um, something happens when I'm in Afghanistan, but he's an agnostic, but it's his growth as well. Because wherever he goes now that he's out of the, after his 30 years in, in, as a ranger, something good happens. He's not walking on water. It mm-hmm. could just be a little okay. thing, but something happens. And they love the idea of that highway to heaven, that quantum leap feel to it. You yeah. know? And the fact that it dealt with the military and the fact that it wasn't trying to shove God's throat down, you know, it gets God's message down people's throats because you got to be careful of that too in our world, in our little ever-growing mm-hmm. secular world. I have my own nonprofit from 19 years. I have the number one after-school program in the state of California. Really? What's the name it's of it? It's called the World Fit for Kids. Oh, yes. I saw yeah. something about that. We've been that. doing it 19 years now. We, we work with over 12,000 kids in the inner city schools of, of L.A. in the, one of the worst areas down there. And we've been there for 19 years now. We, in, a, in a school district, L.A. Unified averages a 50 50, up to 54% dropout rate. Yeah. Sorry, as low as fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Baltimore's worse. Baltimore's over 60%. Yeah. You're probably aware of that, being in the Maryland yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we average, in our 19 years, we've averaged 98% graduation rate mm. and a 67% higher GPA. Wow, that's fantastic. So what are we doing that the LA Unified can't do? The school board hates me when I do my end, one, one year meeting with them. Gotcha. And all your kids, they learn it's sword play and stuff like that. Well, we, we, I know exactly. <laughs> we right. keep them busy. They can use swords well, here, and stuff like that. It's not yeah. a brainer that after an hour yeah. of exercise, your attention and retention yeah. levels spike. Yeah. That's when you bump, then you hit them with that. But they were taking that, you know, we're taking education out of education. We're taking physical education out of the schools too. Yeah, absolutely. No, there's a lot. And I'm glad you're doing it. I think I read that. I guess you were on the show Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I believe, or something. I did. And you were, you were close. I lost it for 500000 I lost Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, it was for your charity. Uh, yes. It was a killer because, well, I had two lifelines left. Yeah. And I looked at the four names up there and I said, okay, it's going to be one of those two. I'll do, I'll do, I'll do the 50-50. And I kept those two up there. <laughs> so then I called a friend and he was like, he's like this scholar. He reads everything. Oh, no, it's this person. And it was the other person. It was wrong. Still what? got 30000 but still I mean, still, the, you know. Yeah. That, well, I got greedy and went for 500 You know. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about the life issue because uh, I, I, I know that you... You know, I believe that I kind of heard somewhere, read somewhere that you had been involved in trying to help this a movie about Kermit Gosnell. Yes, coming I, to the I public did. Square. I helped raise money for that. Yeah, yeah, and for folks that may not know him, Kermit Gosnell is this, a abortion doctor uh, in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, that was basically you know bringing kids to life and you, uh, helping them be con- um, birthed, if you will, and then they were birthed. They call it snipping. He and would he, have them birthed, and he would snip the back of the spinal cord and, and, kill them. and just kill them. It's unbelievable. It's just amazing. It's, it's, it's horrific. This guy went on for years doing this. Yes. And yeah. keep their feet as little trophies and little little jars and stuff. A- absolutely, you know, and uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I remember it's it's, it's mind boggling. So, it's mind boggling, yeah. That you would do that, and the, and the other thing about it was uh, the fact that uh, you know so many uh, news outlets would not cover it. It was not a big story anywhere. Well, there was that. no Nancy Grace type stuff. Media is not going to do that. No. You know, and if you had any other kind of situation where yeah. this many children were being killed, 
you know, it would be front page news. They want to they want to cover a dentist killing a lion in Africa. They want to yeah. you know cover that the the ape that they had to kill because of the kid because yeah. that, that ape's life is more important than the child's. I mean, it's just it's amazing where we're at right now. Mm -hmm. So so what happened with that that particular piece? How did you get involved with that? I I know the people behind it. I know the people that uh, wrote it and produced it and directed it and. Um, I wanted to be in the movie, but I was unable when they're filming, so they used Dean Cain instead. Dean Cain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dean's a good buddy, and uh, I don't and know. I went when to, it, I don't I went know to Princeton out. too, by the way. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I'm, I'm a couple. I'm ten years before him because I think he's class of '93. I'm class of '83. I played football too. There you so go. So I kind of, I kind of tracked Very him cool. along, along the way. Dean's a good guy. Yeah. I've known Dean a long time. We actually were down. We were the last two people down for Lois and Clark. Yes, I saw that. And uh, they went with him, and then three months later, I got Hercules, so I was okay with that. I said, I said, your your show went three years, got canceled. Mine went seven, became the most watched <laughs> show in the world, so I'm okay with it. So you got a good deal. But I've known Dean. Dean's, Dean's in God's Not Dead. Yes, I saw. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he's also, I guess, the other bad guy. In that he was not a good guy in that one either. Yeah, was not a good guy. In Pretty that mean one. to his mom and his his bride to be and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so. I mean, those kinds of movies, you know, from our vantage point, are really, really important to get out there. It's so yeah. difficult to get the truth about, you know, the abortion issue, you know, how it's impacting communities, certainly impacting kids, impacting men, impacting women, things of that nature. Well, the movie I just finished in Birmingham was the same crew that did October Baby. Okay. I don't know if you saw that one. Yes, I saw that one, too. I yeah. worked with the same crew. They were awesome. These guys were fantastic. They did Mom's Night Out. They did uh, Woodlawn, the football okay. movie. Sure. Uh, really good group of guys. I'd work with them again in a heartbeat. So how did you... How did, how did you kind of come to the you know sort of the pro-life aspect of the work i mean what was what what's that to you i, I mean what's gonna, i don't know if there was a moment in my life but i've always been pro-life so i think i think just being outed as a christian in hollywood i i think people just started approaching me with these sort of projects mm -hmm. and um I, I i it was just i don't know just it just sort of like speaking when i'm going to be speaking at your event here i I didn't actively pursue doing this, but now I've been, I did 18 last year, and mm -hmm. I, I try to tailor it to each person's what they're doing, which mm -hmm. each place I go to, because I rewrite pretty much most of it all the time. Yeah. It, it just kind of happened. I, I did, I was doing some motivational speaking, just like two or three a year on Hercules, because I was only back home in the States, to, you know, mm -hmm. and that just sort of came with, you know, be your hero in the workplace. Hey, we got Kevin Sober Hercules. You know? Gotcha, so gotcha. That's how that sort of happened. And then my book came out four years ago, and that just started do, doing more medical things and things like that, but now, I sort of tie the book in to the speeches I do because I'll talk about it tonight. But you know, you look at um, you know, I look at the, the own my own personal war that I had to go through, which fighting for my health to get back. Well, we're also in the war for life as well, mm -hmm. and we are, and right. we're in the middle of it. And you know, what you guys do is incredible, and we have to keep doing it. You talked about like doing more of these movies. We need people like you encouraging people to go to these movies because trust mm -hmm. me these faith-based movies will die if people don't go to them mm -hmm. so we need i mean i get pastors stopping me i walk through the airports and, hey what you know i have a flock of 300 but you reach millions i said yeah but if your flock you got to tell them to go right know? right it's, right it's just like when people say my vote doesn't count and i go well if 60 million people didn't vote that's a lot of votes that didn't count mm -hmm. they all add up yeah yeah you know so you got to fight that thing too Gotcha, gotcha. No, that's a really good word. I mean, that's certainly one of the things that we've been trying to do, uh, particularly around you know movies that are talking about a Christian worldview, um, and 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 frankly, just that are that are good movies that are kind of bringing points across that people need mm -hmm. to understand. 
because uh, it's so difficult to get truth in the public square in any form. Sure. Uh, certainly, uh, in a big way through 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 Hollywood, and so I think that's that's spot on. I know you know certainly things things like the movies that you're doing and how important it is to get folks involved. And I was involved a little bit with this movie Courageous. Sure. Um, and uh, with the Kendricks brothers. With yeah. the Kendricks brothers. Guys, yeah. yeah, I used to be with National Fatherhood Initiative, and that was a big thing in terms of getting. Um, the Christian community to, to get behind that movie, show yeah. up at the theater, things of that nature, because I'm sure you know better than I do how much money is important oh, yeah. to Hollywood. Oh, yeah. And and uh, certainly our ability well, to, to communicate. Like it's show business, right? It's show business, so, absolutely. I mean, it costs money to make these movies. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's faith-based or next Indiana Jones. It still mm -hmm. costs money. So as we close up, why don't you tell, tell me a little bit, give a little bit more about what you're going to chat about tonight and, and what, what you're hoping to leave uh, the audience you know, I, I am going to, uh, I, I'm going to get, I'm not going to get political political, but I will get, uh, you know, talk about the importance of voting. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to talk about um, certainly my own personal war. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring up, uh, I'm going to tie in the civil war mm -hmm. with abortion. Yeah. And talk about that as well. Talk about the fight to end slavery. With, gotcha. With, and the fight to... Uh, to end abortions, I think they're they're linked, and I think people will find out tonight with my speech why I'm putting those two together. Yeah, no, I, that, and that's excellent actually, because a lot of people uh, disconnect those things, and sure. the reality is that the worldview, in in many cases, uh, when you think about it, the worldview that kind of said that slavery was okay, and uh, it's the kind of at the time that, people at, were saying that. Ab absolutely. I mean, you can trace almost every culture in this world that were yeah. enslaved at one time or another. You know, there's causes out there that need to be fought, otherwise. We can't let them win. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Well, on that on that note, on that positive note, we're really looking forward to hearing you tonight. And again, thank you so much. And we certainly will keep you in our prayers. I mean, courageous uh, folks like you in a very difficult uh, business environment, so to speak, uh, are very, very important. And we oh, just thanks. you're an encouragement to us all. So thank you very much I for appreciate spending time with us. My pleasure. All right. Thanks. Thank so you. Much. That was CareNet President and CEO Roland Warren interviewing actor Kevin Sorbo, who delivered a keynote address at CareNet's 2016 National Conference. That's it for this episode of CareCast. Until next time, may God bless you daily as you serve him faithfully.